This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. So now Posey reaches away, and Bellinger throws it so high. The crowd was going crazy. There's not much in life that's better than that. You guys always showed me love. My family and I appreciate it so much. Uh, you guys are the best. You're listening to Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys on the 95.7 The Game Podcast Network. This is kind of a surreal moment for me. You know, I grew up around here, as everybody knows, a absolute crazy barrier sports fan. Whether it was Cal and Stanford, whether it was the 49ers and the Raiders, whether it was the Giants and the A's, the Warriors, I was into it all. You know, I was walking over here today thinking, talk about full circle. You know, for me, this isn't even something as a kid you could even dream of, to, to be able to not only play here, manage here, go to Cal, manage the A's, uh, it's not something you even dream about. So at some point in time, this will sink in. I guess putting the jersey on and in and, and the hat is part partly that way. But when I got up this morning, it just seemed like it was too crazy to even comprehend. So to be back here and, and, and be in an area that to me is so important and the Giants are so synonymous with the city, you know, it, it really is. San Francisco is the Giants. The Giants are San Francisco. And I don't think anybody understands that more than I do. And no one is going to be as responsible and caring and, and know that this matters to the city, what this team means to the cities. Hello there. That there was Bob Melvin's opening statement, the newest manager of the San Francisco Giants. Welcome to the Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys podcast. Sam Loveman here, as always, with Joe the Butcher Boy Shasky for episode 79 Shasky, did you know that Bob Melvin was drafted in the third round of the 1979 MLB draft by the Baltimore Orioles out of Menlo Atherton High School? No, I didn't know that. Well, he did not sign with the Orioles after that. He decided to go to college instead. He spent some time at uh, Canada College in Redwood City and then Kenyatta, Kenyatta, sorry, Kenyatta uh, college in Redwood City and then uh, Cal Berkeley before being drafted number two overall in 1981 to the Detroit Tigers. How many guesses do you think you would need to guess who the number one pick was in 1981? <laughs> 1981. And so if that went to the Detroit Tigers, give me four guesses here. Um, All right. Fernando Valenzuela, not. Nah. He was not drafted. I'm that teasing. Yeah. Uh, Fernando Mini was early 80s. Uh, no, give it to me. I don't know who. Yeah, it was uh, It was Harry McCullough. Went number one to the Cardinals that year. The reason why it doesn't ring a bell is because literally no name from that 1981 draft <laughs> will ring any bells. I was looking through it. There was no talent in there. A fun name that did pop up, though, as I was waiting for you to get started. 
uh, Ernie Riles went in the third Ernie round. Riles, ex Giant, ex Astro. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he hit uh, home run number 10,000 for the Giants. That's uh, that's his big thing there. But we're not talking about Ernie Riles, not talking about Harry McCullough. We are talking about Bob Melvin, the uh, newest manager of the San Francisco Giants, who was introduced last week uh, to the media and to the Giants fan base. And yeah, the Giants, they have a new manager right now. Uh, so let's just get right into it, Shasky. All right, wh- where are you on this hire? Do you like it? What's your thoughts? Give me your your Bob Melvin primer right now. <sighs> a good I start. guess I got to accept it at this point. Like, I don't think this is going to be a game changer, at least immediately. They need better players, and mm-hmm. we can get on to that. But in terms of hiring an old school guy who's got some San Francisco ties and knows what it's like to be a giant and be from the Bay Area, yeah, it hit all the notes, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm not going to lie to you. Like, there's a large part of me that I thought this was extremely underwhelming. I mean, not that I wanted some brand new manager because that's what the situation dictates. I was just taking a step back and I was like, I don't even know what I'm looking for in a manager because I'm not even sure exactly what they're looking for in a manager. So, like, let's take a step back, Sam, uh, and we'll get to what Bob does well. But what were they looking for in a manager? Credibility? Nationally? I I think what they were looking for is I think they wanted someone to provide some stability I think they want a little bit more leadership too. And I got a cut from Farhan, uh, who is also at the presser along with Greg Johnson and who Greg Johnson, we'll get into him at some point in this podcast too. Uh, not in the good way. Um, I think that, yeah, they want a little bit more leadership, a little bit more stability. And yeah, I do think they want someone who is more experienced. Uh, I know you, you really wanted uh will Venable. That was kind of your top guy, if I recall in turn, but in the search, they're talking. I don't know who they talked to fully. I know uh, Stephen Vote was talked to. They talked to him. Jason Veritek interviewed. I was kind of out on. Uh, I want to say I said first time manager, but uh, Ron Wotus would have technically been a first time manager, and I would not have been against uh, the Giants hiring him. So I wanted a manager with more experience, and I felt the one knock on He's Gabe Kapler, one big knock on Gabe Kapler, was that he just didn't have that much managing experience. Which again, he's in his mid forties. You have to accumulate experience somehow, and he just didn't have it yet. Um, And with Bob Melvin, you get a guy who has been around the block quite a bit. Like you said, he is well-versed with what it means to be a San Francisco Giant. He's a Bay Area local. So, And I know they do like the Giants. They do like their local guys. So I think if that's what they're looking for, some leadership, more of that experience, that local touch, uh, a guy who's going to get along well with the analytics portion of the game, a guy who also still has his pulse on – the gut feel of the game. I do feel like the Giants kind of were able to kind of straddle both sides of, of that fence there with this hire. Yeah, and I, I guess, look, on one end, it's the best they could do. On another end, I'm optimistic for Bob. I'm rooting for him. I want him to do well. Like, there's only been so many managers during my lifetime. Like, it, in my lifetime of actually watching Giants baseball, Roger Craig, Dusty Baker, Felipe Alou, Bruce Bochy, Gabe Kapler. At six, this mm-hmm. is the seventh manager. The seventh manager in my lifetime. It's kind of interesting. You, you, you mentioned that, you know, those seven managers now. And when you name those seven names off, it's kind of interesting. Just the style, the background, what they bring to the table. Gabe Kapler really is kind of the outlier there. 
Um, and she's what they use the youngest. I think one of the youngest. How old was Dusty when he Dusty got? He was very actually. young, first time yeah. manager, but he was a bench coach, a hitting instructor prior, I believe, on Roger Craig's staff. Yeah, um, for, for some time. So, you know, and, and then they brought in Bobby Bonds to be a part of that staff who obviously wanted to be a part of the team because of Barry and whatnot. And like there was a variety of things that they were trying out. Yeah. But well, like, my, my point I'm making there is that Bob kind of fits with, you know, there's those six guys, Gabe Kapler, take him out. Bob, I think, fits more in with those five other guys that came before Gabe than Gabe Kapler does. And I'm not trying to make this a, a, a bash Gabe Kapler episode, but I do think that. One thing I like about this hire is I do feel like you have the ability to have you have a manager because I know I know we rail against analytics, but analytics are for the most part here to stay for the time being. Maybe that'll change down the road. That's not the conversation I want to have. But he can he has he's able to handle that. He's shown an ability to understand the analytics. But I still feel like he's a guy who he does have that old school touch. This is a guy who you know came up under Roger Craig. Uh, you know he was asked you know at his intro press you know what did you learn from Roger Craig. And uh, he talked about, you know, he had a great thing. He talked about how he he learned how to watch the game differently while playing under Roger Craig. Uh, he was asked, you know, who are some of the, the the people who really influence your managing style? And he brought up Phil Garner, who they call, you know, old scrap iron because he was just a gritty old school manager. This is a guy who's come up through those old school ways. He's played this game before. He's been around the block before. These are all traits the Giants did not have really under Gabe Kapler. And when you hear about the coaching staff he wants to bring in, you're hearing names like, uh, Matt Williams might be coming in. Ryan Vogelsong's name has popped up. Uh, Pat Burrell's name has been mentioned. I've heard Jason yeah, Christensen. Those guys were already with there. the organization. Like, in, in, but my in point general. is, they'll be part of the coaching staff now okay. in terms of just out elsewhere. I know Ryan Vogelsong and Pat Burrell. They were, you know, roving around the minor league system. Uh, I love the idea of Ryan Vogelsong being on this coaching staff. First off, uh, I've always felt if you had a team of twenty-five or twenty-six Ryan Vogelsongs, you never lose a game because that dude just. He has the attitude of a ball player. But and that a I couple love. things. Let me interrupt yeah. you here. Let me interrupt yeah, you here. So you bring up leadership and you bring up old school gut stuff. Like, I'm sorry, Bob Melvin has been a historic loser, like horribly, horribly in the playoffs. Yes, he won a couple of years ago and advanced to an NLCS when no one really gave them a chance. I believe it was the year Fernando Tatis was suspended. Mm -hmm. But another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I mean, if this is a guy who's old school and from the gut, I mean, he had Johnny Lester out there and couldn't throw over to first base. They couldn't yeah. throw out a runner to save his life. That's on the manager yeah, to not know that the guy can't throw over to first base, a fundamental you know, aspect of sixth grade baseball. Secondarily, you can't call me, and, hey, Joe, this guy's going to be a leader when he lost a clubhouse filled with superstars who wanted no part of him in, in San Diego. So... Like, I get what you're saying. And I think yeah. big picture, he hits some of those notes. But How like, well he hits them, though. I think that's fair. I want to let's mean, talk about the playoff thing a little bit. And then I want to get into the San Diego situation. First for the playoffs, like how much do you weigh? Because he's been to the playoffs. I've got he's got the one with Arizona in 07. He's got three with the A's from 12, 13, 14, then three more with the A's in 18, 19 and 20. And then he's got the Padres in, what was it, 22. So he's got eight playoff appearances in the last 13 years, which 
objectively, that's pretty good. I think making the playoffs, I think we can all agree, making the playoffs is a good thing. So how much do you weigh the the ability to make the playoffs, which the Giants have not done a lot in the last seven years, one playoff appearance in that time, versus, you know, flaming out in the playoffs? Or like, how, how do you kind of weigh those two things together? Well, you keep bringing up the A's and all their success. I hate the way the A's have been run. I hate it. I'm a Giants fan. I look at the A's like a joke. And yeah, you bring up guys and you ball out. You make the playoffs. You flame out. You know how to build a regular season roster. Come playoff time, you flame out and you disappoint. And then you trade everybody away. Like, so you bringing up all this success he had with the A's only reinforces. Four horns running us like we're the A's. Okay, well, how different would it be? How different would it be if, let's say, the, the A's were a team that had a budget and could actually keep those players? They don't. But they don't. I know. That, by, by, in theory, and we'll get to this in a little bit. Yeah, in but they theory, had a big budget in San Diego. So now that brings me to my second point. They yeah. had a big budget in San Diego, and he fell on his face. I mean, he can he can say whatever he wants. Most people around the bigs, whether you say there's internal strife and guys don't get along or whatever, they're all big boys making mega bucks. And I pay a manager to keep everybody on the same page. Steve Kerr is not Steve Kerr because Kevin Durant didn't want to play with Draymond. He found a way to get them and drag them to the finals when everyone knew that they hated each other. Everyone knew that they hated each other. So, like, that's the job. The job is to be peacemaker. and. Yeah. I think he failed at his most recent job. Yeah, and I think it's interesting what kind of, I mean, we'll, we'll, I don't know if we'll tr- ever truly know what happened in San Diego from what I've heard yeah. is that the guys that, you know, Soto, Bogarts, uh, Tatis, and Machado, they did not get along very well. Uh, there was a constant battle for the spotlight. You got all these guys making big money. Uh, we've heard, you know, that there was kind of some trepidation in that clubhouse surrounding Fernando Tatis Jr. and how he got popped for steroids in the midst of a pennant race. Uh, we remember back in 2021, Manny Machado, who, kind of has a history of being kind of a hothead, uh, you know, screaming, it's not all about you uh, in the dugout at Fernando Tati. But can I stop you right there? Sure. Bruce Pochi twice navigated the steroid thing in the middle of a playoff run. First one, Jose Guillen gets popped right before the weekend's over. I think Jose Guillen's a little bit different than Fernando Tatis Jr., though. I'm just saying, hear me out, hear me out, yeah. just saying. All right, and, and Cody Ross emerges, all right? And it's a little tiny footnote, but it is a huge part of why the Giants ended mm-hmm. up winning it all. The bigger one was 2012. Miguel Cabrera was the MVP of the league, MVP of the yeah. team through Miguel 90 Cabrera. games, okay? He was the all-star MVP, and this guy got popped for roids famously, and he didn't lose the locker room. Right. So I'm just giving it's different personalities, though. I mean, when you have a a guy like a Buster Posey in your clubhouse being that kind of player leader that he was versus a Manny Machado, who's never really had that reputation. I mean, fair counter. I mean, who would you rather have leading your clubhouse, Buster Posey or Manny Machado? That's not really hard. That's not not a hard question to answer there. So I do think getting out of that toxic situation in San Diego is going to be good for him. Uh, Maybe someone else goes in there and maybe they are able to kind of be the Manny whisperer or the Fernando Tatis whisperer and can kind of steer the Padres in, in, in a positive direction. Um, I don't know how much of that is on Bob Melvin. It's kind of hard to know that without all the all of the specifics. What I do know is that he won't have that kind of clubhouse strife here uh, with the Giants. The Giants, for the most part, they don't have any of those kind of egotistical guys, at least anymore now that, you know, Captain Pusoy is, is heading out of the, uh, out of the, the organization, hopefully. Um, but yeah, I just... When I look at, and Farhan kind of mentioned this, how he would take, well, here's what Farhan had to say about Bob's leadership. And then I'll, I'll give you my thought on that. I've been around Bob, seeing how he runs a clubhouse, sees how he runs a team. And, you know, I would put his leadership and management skills up against anybody in the game. And so that's part of why we're so excited to have him. I mean, uh, let me ask you, 
if the Dodgers hired Bob Melvin, would you dramatically think that they improved their managerial position over Dave Roberts? I would Roberts? say that they made a lateral move from Roberts to Melvin. That's only because I'm very not high on Dave Roberts as a manager. I think Dave Roberts is basically Gabe Kapler with better players. I think with, with Bob Melvin, I th- when I heard uh, Farhan say that, I kind of took that as a, a slight shot at Kapler in terms of you know leading the clubhouse because we all heard the story about how there was a team meeting at the end of the year and Gabe Kapler didn't speak. If there's a team meeting and your manager's not speaking, that's kind of a head scratcher. I see, you know, Kapler very hands off. You know, you can't lose a clubhouse that you never had. Hmm. I think Melvin, he's not going to be that hands off guy that Gabe Kapler will be. You'll see him more in the player area of the clubhouse. He'll be more interacting with the players more. And yeah, I think there's there's more of a hands on leadership approach that I expect Bob Melvin to have with this organ with the Giants and along with a coaching staff full of people who actually played baseball. Like, keep in mind. Not, not to really rail against Kai Correa, but you had a, a coach in Alyssa Nacken who had more playing experience than the Giants bench coach in Kai Correa. And again, not trying to take away from either one of them, but at the same time, this is a major league baseball clubhouse. Like that cannot be the dynamic. And now you're going to have real ball players in this clubhouse with these current ball players. Will Clark might be more involved as well. Like I do think that it's not just what Bob Melvin brings. It's who he's bringing in with that I think will really help this team out a lot in terms of having a legitimate big boy coaching staff that these players in the clubhouse will look up to and respect. Like I think when when you have coaches who are the same age as the players, that's kind of a weird dynamic. When you have coaches who are older than the players, it's kind of easier to look up to them as like a, in a respected kind of sense, you'll respect your elders. I, I see that kind of happening there. Um, hopefully I'm not grasping at straws and trying to justify this the Rockies, hire. If the Rockies made this hire, would you dramatically think that the Rockies have figured it out? I think this kind of plays into probably not, but I also think this plays into what you said earlier. It, you got to have good players. Uh, <laughs> and well, that's, that's a whole other situation there, but look, I'm trying to be optimistic. I'm tr- Sam. Yeah. I am, but like, he's a career mediocre coach. Like that's what he is a manager. And he's had some good rosters. He's done some decent things. He's qualified for the playoffs. And, and the, that is part of his resume. He has some horrific in-game decisions, whether it's pinch running, whether it's going with Liam Hendricks as an opener, like he has a lot of things on his, on his track record that are undesirable. Okay. And so I I feel like what it feels like to me, and this is independent of Bob is a course correction from Farhan Zaidi. Damn. I ran out Bruce Bochy. Damn. Bruce Bochy's back in baseball. Damn. Bruce Bochy's a couple of wins away from winning a world series. Damn, I need to get somebody similar to the characteristics of Bruce Bochy. And it's kind of like in one direction with Gabe. And now it feels like they're trying to go polar opposite with Bob Melvin. And to me, I it's like that. they should have just fired the GM and gone with a different principle. I know he doesn't believe in the things that he's saying at that podium for anxiety. And I question whether Bob's going to be allowed to be the one to make decisions on pinch hits, who's starting, I really, rotation, yeah. platoons. Like, so... Like, I get where you're coming from, and I like Bob Melvin, the person, but to take it a step further and say that this is a grand slam hire, and that's not what you're saying, or to say that they're now going to do things the right way and old school style, and they're going to blend the arts, and I got to believe it before I see it. I think that's a lot of Giants fans. Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's like you're saying, you know, we want Bruce Bochy 
But you're saying, oh, no, we have Bruce Bochy at home. And then you get home and, and you have Bob Melvin at home, not Bruce Bochy. That's I, I'm not saying it's a home run hire. If I were to grade it, I gave it like a B minus maybe on the high end and to put it in baseball parlance, not a home run. I'd say it's maybe a hard double off the wall. Um, I do think the Giants got a little bit better, whether they got better enough. That's to be seen. If Gabe Kapler could keep you in contention till the last week of the regular season, I think Bob Melvin can keep you in contention till the second weekend of October, which is better than the last week of September. But also there's still two weeks left after that second weekend in October that we need to see the Giants get to. So you can rationalize it. Well, you know, managers make mistakes. They learn, they get better, blah, blah, blah. Listen, I think a good manager changes your, your, your record five to 15 games. I really do. Yeah, I don't. I just. I think it's a good hire. I don't know if it's a good enough hire. Uh, if he has there a lineup that has a lot of really good players in it, that might help. But that's not really on Bob to make happen. 